The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Greetings, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Today we're going to be exercising some demons. Right, Ben? Yes, E-X-O-R. Yeah, yeah, we're not <laughs> We're not going to be jazzercising some demons or prancercising any demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be taking demons out of you through spiritual rituals. Mm-hmm. And if we are successful, then we will join a long line of uh, spiritual and religious officials throughout human history who have sought to cleanse human beings or, as we'll find, sometimes objects or uh, even just places of some sort of otherworldly presence. Uh, we are talking about exorcism today, and exorcism is something that has fascinated both of us in our own ways for a long time. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I grew up very religious, and uh, exorcism wasn't necessarily a part of uh, my growing up. However, it was definitely, I was aware of it highly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, with films coming out uh, around the time, in the late, I guess it was the late 90s for me. Sure. Uh, when I really started getting into it and watching movies like The Shining and mm. The Evil Dead... Uh, you start to really wonder about some of these things, even if it's just uh, a highly stylized horror movie. 
Right. Yeah. And we have, uh, we have a great article on our website, howstuffworks.com, or our parent website rather, mm-hmm. uh, about exorcism and, and what it is and how it works. In the Catholic Encyclopedia, exorcism is defined as the act of driving out or warding off demons or evil spirits from persons, places, or things which are believed to be possessed or infested by them and are liable to become victims or instruments of their malice. Yeah, so, And there are three yeah. types. So mm-hmm. you just described the three types, essentially. Uh, but there are three types of exorcism. I know the one that everybody is aware of is mm-hmm. the real exorcism. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's its actual name, right? Yes. It's called a real exorcism, where you're taking a spirit or demon out of a human body that is possessed. Right. Through performing the rite of exorcism, which in the Catholic Church can only be performed um, with explicit authorization by the Vatican, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You you have to show, or the Vatican has to believe with evidence mm-hmm. that you provide, whoever you are, the person presenting to the Vatican, that this person is actually possessed by a demon mm-hmm. or a spirit. And the Vatican does have a head exorcist. However, that head exorcist is more like a person in charge of a department rather than, you know, um, an absolute pinnacle shot caller. Yeah, yeah, he's not the uber exorcist that goes out and performs the exorcisms. He, mm. Yeah, that is interesting. He's more of a bureaucratic head. Right, like uh, I believe for a long time the head exorcist was a guy named Gabriel Amorth, um, and I may be mispronouncing that, but he wa- he's the one who um, has uh, claimed to or is reputed to have cleansed tens of thousands of people, places, or things from demonic possession. But as you said, Matt, that when we say real exorcism, that is one of the most rare types of exorcism. Yes. And it's the one that you see in all the horror films, right? Yeah, it's the most compelling, usually, right. or it, because you're dealing with a, a human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah. And then there's simple exorcism, which is where you bless a place or a thing, right? So mm-hmm. this would be where a, um, where someone, a, a practicing Catholic believes that maybe their house or, um, a nearby ruin of some sort is unholy and a priest comes to bless the area. Yeah. Or even a, a little doll that's creeping out someone's daughter. Mm-hmm. You gotta come and bless it, man. You never mm-hmm. know. And you mean creeping out isn't scaring. Not like emerging from her mouth. Oh, no. Because that would be the case for a real <laughs> yes, exorcism. Yes, that would be. Just one that's making weird noises, perhaps, in the room mm-hmm. uh, when you're not around, but your daughter thinks that the doll is really talking to her. And this this next type is going to be a surprise for quite a few of our listeners, right? That this is um, this is the part that creeped me out. Uh, if you are listening now, uh, just let us know if you've ever been baptized. Were you baptized, Matt? I was. Example? Right. And, uh, in the, in the Catholic Church, a baptism is a form of exorcism, which I did not know. So blessing an infant prior to baptism to clean, cleanse it of evil resulting from the notion of original sin. This means that if you have ever been baptized, uh, you probably have experienced one of the most common, statistically common forms of exorcism. And then, and then let's, let's open it up to something even bigger and stranger because exorcism is not just for the Catholic Church, right? No, not at all. Uh, exorcism takes place all over the world. 
Um, God, I, I don't even know if I, I does it. Are there, are there any places where it just doesn't occur? Um, I imagine in some, I, you know what? That's a, that's a good question because even in some states that do not have a, a state religion or widespread, you know, institutionalized religious practices, the traditional beliefs persist. So there can still be, uh, ritualized cleansings, which is really what an exorcism is in um, places that we wouldn't normally associate with that. You know, Buddhist and Hindu beliefs uh, both have place uh, rituals to cleanse um, a place or spirit. And we know uh, that in Islamic culture, exorcism is also practiced. Uh, Islamic culture, it's a little bit different because in an Islamic possession case, the the person possessed is usually being possessed by what they would call a jinn. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's the root of what we in the West recognize as a genie, but not the not the nice uh, powder blue or purple Robin Williams genie from Aladdin. No, no. These are spirits and they they can have they're they're pretty much uh, incorporeal um Entities that can have uh, their own set of religious beliefs, right? Like, yeah, and that was fascinating. Ben and I were watching some videos uh, earlier this week about uh, Islamic exorcisms, and se- several of them were, I guess, the exorcist, uh, the man performing the exorcism, mm-hmm. was calling the jinn a Christian jinn mm-hmm. that he was trying to get out of uh, this man. Um, and it was fascinating to me. It's, it seems very similar to some of the Catholic exorcisms where you're, you're reciting, uh, scripture mm-hmm. and basically saying, get out, spirit, get out. Um, I call you out in the name of, uh, in this case, Allah. it was a law. And it was fascinating to me just the similarities that mm-hmm. were occurring there. And as we know, there have, there have been extensive, uh, scientific investigations into, the nature of exorcism and by far the majority of the exorcism cases that were investigated have been associated in some way with Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's interesting about the Islamic world, especially in areas of fundamental religious belief, um, this again, this could be anywhere from Indonesia. uh, I think that's still the world's largest Muslim country uh, to Saudi Arabia. And most people who are aware of Saudi Arabia understand that it has a, um, a very, fundamentalist approach to Islam. It also has um, the Wahhabi sect, which is a little bit different in terms of interpretation doctrine. But um, the part about it that can startle a lot of people is that the idea of the existence of jinn in many Middle Eastern countries and in some Middle Eastern universities is accepted as a fact of the universe primarily because jinn are mentioned explicitly in the Quran. And with this in mind, we have to note that there is a a very different relationship between the spiritual authorities and the secular or academic authorities on the subject of possession, right? Yes, and and, uh, stop me if I'm completely incorrect here, Ben, but I feel like there is a connection when when your state, when your government and your religious belief 
are kind of one in the same or, or very similar mm-hmm. um, in the case with Sharia law. I, I, it's very interesting to me. It seems as though that would give you, that would make exorcism and uh, the belief in that it, that you truly can be possessed mm-hmm. uh, much stronger, I feel. Yes, and that's a good point. And with with this in mind, let's look at some of the some of the ideas or the symptoms of possession. Okay, at least in the Western world. Now we know one of the big ones would be the ability to have um, the the ability to speak multiple languages or understand them to be yeah. a polyglot. And a lot of times, it's a language that the person possessed hasn't had any contact with mm-hmm. or would have no. Uh, reason to be speaking that language. Sure. Latin, Aramaic, Chaldean, things like that. And you can find, you can find an intense debate between the true believers and the people who, uh, believe they are debunking these practices, especially in regards to the language, because the idea that someone could speak another language also depends on the People observing it being able to one identify the language, yeah, and, then, and be fluent in that language enough to translate it, right, or to at least record it and give it to an expert who can verify mm-hmm. it. And then, second, the ability of the ability to prove that the possessed person has never had access to it, which can be a little bit tricky, um, you know, with the we, internet, right? Yeah, like if we take the case of Latin, uh. I guarantee you, if you speak any Romance language, then you know far more Latin than you think you do. Um, another thing is is the idea of clairvoyance, the idea that you might be able to know, like, uh, for instance, let's say our let's say our good buddy Jonathan Strickland is possessed, and he would love this. Oh, <laughs> let's wow. say Jonathan is possessed, and he knows things that he otherwise wouldn't be able to know things across time and space, right? Wow. Um, accurate lottery predictions or accurate, which, you know, guys, if that happened to them, people would be clamoring to get their friends possessed, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, he also knows, you know, things that you have never told anyone about your childhood and stuff. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's very sticky to try to conclusively prove. And to our knowledge, at least... Why you and I should go ahead and say this. To our knowledge, people have yet to find a universally accepted case of possession. There have been cases where an exorcism was considered successful by the Catholic Church. And again, when we say exorcism, we're talking about all three types of exorcism, including the ritual, the rite of exorcism, or the real exorcism. Um, but... There hasn't been one, at least, that the entire world has accepted as a fact. Another thing, physical strength beyond the person's natural abilities. We know that human beings are capable of supernatural, excuse me, superhuman feats of strength, yes. right? Yeah, the adrenaline. Adrenaline is a crazy chemical. Uh, it can just make your, your muscles do things that they shouldn't be able to do. There's, there are numerous cases of people lifting cars in an emergency situation. Um, like when I forget the woman's name, but, uh, saving her daughter by literally lifting up her car. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy to me. It kind of reminds me of our superhuman episode that we right. were going over. And it just reminds me of the incredible things that we can do without, uh, any necessary intervention. 
Right, without right. necessarily a divine or demonic intercession. Yeah, exactly. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I, I think that this is where we enter into a fascinating aspect of exorcisms. Um, now, you know, earlier, you and I are both sort of armchair folklorists, which just means that we read a bunch of interesting stuff about um, traditional beliefs, or as they were called, folkways often. And in regard to exorcism and witchcraft in general, uh, we found some very interesting sociological arguments. If I could just take a just a brief sidebar here. Um, when I was er, earlier, years, years ago, I was studying uh, the early American literature concerning um, the Salem witch trials and the, their European counterparts and other other times in which the law and belief in the supernatural had had come together or come at, come to loggerheads even. And one interesting thing, I, I can't remember the exact name of the book. I think it was The Devil Wears a Red Dress or something like that. I'll, I'll correct myself in a future podcast when I find this book. In this book, though, the, the author argues that the persecution for witchcraft was a means of, a social means of preventing economic equality between genders because often the women who were quote unquote witches turned out to be landowners or to have assets of some sort. And we know that in some cases, in the European practice of witch persecution, uh, the inquisitors or the accusers stood to gain, uh, to have a reward for turning in a, again, a quote unquote witch. Wow. So there may also be a sociological explanation for exorcism or its existence in the East and in the West in the in the East, um, or in the Near East at least, if we're going to examine an Islamic um, framework for this, one fascinating idea would be that if a possession or an exorcism occurs in a very fundamentalist environment, you know, to take Saudi Arabia again for an example, then there's an interesting argument to be made, and it's entirely speculative on my part, that a woman being possessed by a jinn of some sort would be able to directly address concerns that would be otherwise ignored if she were to address them simply as herself. Now, I am not uh, by any means accusing people of intentionally faking possession. Um, I am saying that it is much more likely in some cases, depending upon the specifics of the problem, of the root of the possession. So, okay, so would that be like spousal abuse or uh, what kind of things do you think that would possibly come up in that or have you read anything yeah it could be it could be um a, a case of uh spousal abuse it could be a case of of a husband violating some sort of law regarding treatment of wives or uh engagement of additional wives it could also be something between a male relative so for instance let's say if a 
husband has expired and there is some sort of, um, I don't want to say shenanigans, you know, I don't want to make it sound silly, but, but some sort of injustice occurring in the wake of that death, then this, this quality of exorcism and possession, uh, theoretically provides another avenue for justice in a patriarchal society. Okay. Now, of course, when we go into this kind of look, we're, we're looking at it from an entirely skeptical viewpoint. And this makes me want to return to the, to the Vatican Church, which has stood even, even as the West modernized over the centuries and as a cohesive whole, people in Europe and people in Canada and the Americas began to sort of drift away from this idea that there are demons or spirits possessing human beings. And instead of going with this, the Catholic Church has long maintained that exorcism is a real thing and that while the vast majority of purported possession cases have some sort of other mundane explanation, there are still a few where clearly some sort of demon is in is in a person. And this goes back to, you know, centuries of, of thousands of years worth of beliefs or anecdotes or cases that are taken to be true. Uh, even in, let's see, if we go back to Gabriel Amorth, uh, who said in October 2000 that he had performed over 50,000 exorcisms, um, he he has said things that have been controversial to people of course he he railed against harry potter for its glorification of witchcraft which is one of those sort of buzzfeed kind of headlines that makes people want to say oh that's so silly possession you know yeah it is strange though if you true if you hold that belief uh if it's so grounded in just your your world view i can imagine that having this multi multi million dollar series <laughs> yeah uh kind of you know teaching not teaching kids god cuz it's not teaching kids it's a movie but just showing kids hey you this is this is really cool being in this this giant castle that teaches you how to be not a witch a wizard mm-hmm. but uh yeah i can i can imagine how you would be upset with that if you're stuck in that uh that bubble of belief yeah, and I, I can understand that too. And let's, to be fair to the exorcist in this case, um, the number of exorcisms he claimed to have been involved with, uh, I said 50,000 in 2000, right? The number continued rising as people would ask him later. And I should say that he, he ranked those as ones he had been involved with. Okay. His, at one point, he said the ones he personally performed were 30,000 over nine years. And he said, I know. And he said of those 30,000, only 94 were representing a full blown possession. So still 94 cases. I'd love to see. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wonder if he, uh, I'd like for him to show his work, you know, if yeah. he was doing math problems. Well, we can learn more about his stuff in, uh, he has a couple of books out. One is an exorcist tells his story and another is an exorcist more stories. Oh, okay. So he's selling books. Uh, well, yeah, the, the, these are not, you know, of course, 
canonical documents. These sure. aren't canon. But um, there's another interesting story here. He believes that the uh, senior officials of the Nazi party were associated with Satanism. And we do know, uh, you and I know that, uh, oh, our listeners know too, if yeah. you guys have watched our videos on this, that mem- high-ranking members of the Nazi party and different Nazi departments, the SS, for instance, um, were what we would call cultists of a sort. They were definitely not practicing Christians or uh, any of the, you know, Abramaic religions. I mean, certainly no Jewish uh, members of that party. Yeah, this is the Fool Society, right? The, right. I I, it's, I forget the tenets of it. We can, we went over it briefly mm-hmm. before. That uh, this is another subject that we can look at. Yeah, this is a good one for us to look at. Uh, he he believed, um, and Morth believed that both Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler were possessed. Wow. By demonic entities. And this explains to him both the, the violence and the spread of their uh, organizations. So the the idea that um, the idea that the possession as we understand it in film and in TV and in horror anthologies, which I'm a big fan of, uh, the the idea that this possession would be common is incorrect. Apparently, according to at least the Catholic Church, most possessions are not the possessions that you would see in the exorcist. Those are, those are the other, uh, those are the rare spectrum, you know. Um, of course, there are, uh, exorcisms in Judaism historically. Uh, even the Dead Sea Scrolls mention exorcisms. Um, there is a rabbi named Yehuda Fataya, I may be mispronouncing that, who also writes on his experience with exorcism and with possession. Now, we know, of course, that, as we've said, the scientific world, the people writing the dsm for and all that, uh, don't classify possession as an actual disorder. Um, they, but there are several disorders that may show the signs of right. being possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Right? So uh, schizophrenia is one of them. Multiple mm-hmm. personality disorder mm-hmm. is another. Sure. Uh, just be, be, the belief that you are being, that, that well, just having voices in your head, which is a real thing that can occur to you yeah. um, if you have one of these mental disorders. Uh, yeah, that would probably leave someone who would believe in possession to believe that you are, in fact, possessed. And I wonder how many times that has occurred in the past where uh, it was just an unknown scientific actual disorder that was just misdiagnosed. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, yeah. Like, how, how many times throughout history has someone who maybe an elderly person suffering from dementia mm -hmm. or maybe a person of any age who has a um, developmental disability, perhaps, uh, and they have, you know, they're somehow mentally impaired, that could be taken as a sign. I mean, as we know, history is... History is written in blood and the people who as a dark man, it is dark. And I don't think we should apologize for pointing it out. Right? No, no, no apologies. Maybe for the melodramatic phrase. Sure. But we know that throughout history, all that all we really need for a community of people to turn into violent animals is uh, enough of a, a difficult enough environment 
for a long enough time and someone to blame. That's all it takes for your favorite neighbor, your niece, your grandparents or someone to turn into the the source of, you yeah. know, the poison well or the source of the ruined economy. And then the mob groweth. Yes, the mob groweth. Uh really, if you wanna <laughs> like the old joke on Reddit, uh one of the surefire ways to get rich quick is to uh own a pitchfork and torch company, right? Uh so we also know that there are quite a few modern cases, right, of demonic possession, but the thing is that when you and I get involved with these, we often we go down a rabbit hole and we always find a couple of different sides to this story. We find people who say, this is an absolute pile of steamy garbage, and people have confirmation bias, and they just want to believe that demons and angels and spirits are real. And then we have people on the other side who say, um, I knew it. I knew it all along. There was something wrong with this creepy doll, or there was my my child wasn't acting right ever since... Um, they touched that idol or something. Yeah. And, and I think we also have people who don't want to believe that sort of thing, but feel that they have somehow run against an inexplicable paranormal phenomenon. And if you're okay with it, um, as we wrap up today, we, we didn't get to spend as much time as either of us would like, but as we wrap up today, I think we should ask our listeners, uh, what they think. Do you guys have yeah. any evidence? And and right before you tell us what you think, I just want to remind everybody that science, uh, science proper still has a lot of questions to answer about the nature of reality, about the nature of consciousness, about uh, everything from uh, how our brain functions to, web, you know, how time works. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of questions still that need to be answered in all of these realms. And I would say that, Keeping an open mind to all of this stuff is never a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is, you know, again, not trying to preach, but I guess this is my soapbox, Ben, and I'm sorry uh, for, for being on it. But uh, just uh, taking a hard stance either way, a hard, you know, saying, okay, all of that is just poppycock and I'm not going to listen to anything that you say from now on because you believe in possession. Mm-hmm. That's that to me, that's a really bad stance because again, we don't know everything yet. And there could be something, there could be some little truth in there that we just haven't found yet. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just keep an open mind. And to show, uh, you to, we, we don't like to do things without also proving something about it. So to let you guys know that we are interested in what you have to say, um, of course, if you haven't seen us responding on YouTube, uh, you can expect to see more of us in the future. Always there. Uh, but to just to bring this home, uh, let's do a little bit of listener mail right now. All right, let's do it. Okay, Matt, looks like we have a lot of people writing into us about the new audio show. So I'm going to uh, let's randomly choose one. Pick a number, 1 through 33. Wow, there are that many? Uh, I'm just, well, I'm not going to tell you my <laughs> okay, calculations. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Let's do uh, 17. Okay, 17. This 
comes from a guy named Steve M., and it is called Long-Winded Praise and Suggestions. So I'm going to read part of this, okay? Okay. And it is long, so I'm only going to read part of this. Sorry, Steve, but thank you for writing in. Uh, hey, guys, loyal fan here. been following your program since late 2011, and have very much enjoyed much of what you guys have done. I must admit, upon initially discovering your video podcast, I wasn't too thrilled by it. Having only watched a few episodes, I left an unpleasant and rather unfair review on iTunes. Most of my gripes had to do with the language of the program, referring to more credible people as skeptics, labeling others as conspiracy theorists when there is little difference in reality. It seems that style is something you all have drifted away from as the show progressed, and for that I'm grateful. Today I'm an avid viewer, listener, and recommend these programs to anyone who will listen. Hey. Wow. Thanks, man. Um, I'm, gl- I'm really glad he noticed. That is something we've been trying very hard to do. And having uh, been listening to your new audio podcast, I also have to say great work. I'm slightly confused by it, though. I know you guys catch a lot of flack for the length or lack thereof of your programs. So why stretch yourself thin with two separate mediums when you could just extend one or the other? I'll eat it up regardless. It's something I was curious about. It's a fair point. It's a it's a fair point. I'd like to respond to that one before we continue. Uh, it takes us it takes us more time to make some video. Um, ideally, we would like to if it if it weren't just um, the the two of us and uh, a huge community of amazing people putting up with our BS, uh, then we would we would love to do longer videos. We actually started the audio podcast because it was the most efficient way for us to get more information and also to get more um, more of our audience involved. You know? Yes, exactly. And uh, just a note here, it's Steve. Yeah. Steve, uh, we are, we're changing up our video schedule a little bit. And instead of putting out two shorter videos every week, new shorter videos, we're actually going to be putting out one uh, longer video every mm-hmm. week than, of the new style. And then we'll also have our Digging Deeper series in a classic. Uh, just to give you that information, it should mm-hmm. be starting this coming week after you hear this. And we'll have some more surprises on the way, of course. Um, all right. So Steve goes on, also mentions, um, 9-11 and why we, he said we did, we haven't covered too much of that. And that is true. And maybe we can do that. Also mentions the Belgian child prostitution scandal. Yes. I um, that. which more and more, I think we should do an audio podcast on. Uh, and then he's got some suggestions. I'm going to read these off to you and to everybody listening. Casper Hauser, the feral boy who emerged in the streets of Europe claiming to be locked in a basement for most of his life. Ancient technology, um, and he named some stuff that we haven't done. Damascus Steel, the Iron Pillar of Delhi, the Lost City of Nanmad, uh, that's N-A-N-M-A-D-D for everybody who just started checking that out on Google. Um, the sinking of three vessels containing thousands of concentration camp survivors by British planes in the final days of World War II. I haven't heard never, of this. Yeah, never heard. And so Steve goes on to say, apparently documents related to this won't be declassified until 2045. Maybe we can beat him to the punch. What Holy do you think? Well, yeah. Um, Henry Kissinger and or Zbigniew Brzezinski. Um, and I actually, I've read some of their works. I read, uh, Brzezinski's, uh, The Grand Chessboard, which I think you can, ch- I believe it's Grand Chessboard. It might be Great Chessboard, but check that out if you want. Uh, some of the guiding views of American policy, and you can see how we're still doing some of that stuff today. Other secret societies, specifically the assassins, um, and the little hashish rumor, uh, mystery hmm. cults from antiquity, and one of your favorites, Matt, the zeitgeist movement. 
That's fascinating to me. Oh, man, Zeitgeist, the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Addendum, I think, was my favorite, where they really got into the Venus Project. Uh-huh. That, to me, the Venus Project is, I, I hope that's our future. I really hope that is the future of humanity. Well, it sounds like Steve has given us some astonishing and fascinating suggestions. We want to know if you had to pick maybe your top three of the things that Steve just listed, uh, let us know which ones you would be most interested in. And don't forget to tell us if you have any encounters that you think are real-life cases of possession or if you think exorcism and or possession is just uh, totally non-supernatural and it's kind of a, a just some way that cultures look at you know mental problems or sociological problems uh, let us know about that too we want to if possible solve exorcism and possession i mean exorcism we know what exorcism is we know what it's supposed to be so possession really is going to be our sequel episode what do you think matt absolutely and one quick uh point of news here the the host of Ghost Adventures, the TV show, recently purchased a home for some crazy price like $35,000 that is allegedly, uh, the home is possessed or is, uh, in quotes here, mm-hmm. a gateway to hell. And he's going to be living in that house and investigating it. And hopefully he'll be putting out some media on it. I, I have to say it's um, it's not my favorite show, but it's it's interesting. I like the bravado. <laughs> that guy comes at it. He's just yelling at ghosts. He's yeah. like, come at me, ghost. Yo, ghost, come at me. You're talking about Zach Baggins? I yes, think? Zach Baggins. Uh, so that's the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures series. And let's just do a little bit of background there. Uh, the house is in Gary, Indiana. It was formerly home to a lady named Latoya Ammons, A-M-M-O-N-S, and her three children. They were allegedly attacked, uh, possessed by these unexplained demonic forces. What makes this case different from other cases is that the sheriff yeah, the of the town authorities. Yeah, said... Uh, yep, said this really is, uh, possession or demon, something's going on. I didn't believe it at first, but I saw the kid walk up the wall and people were, I heard strange deep voices emanating from him. Um, but nobody thought to pick up a camera or anything and record it. I haven't heard any physical evidence or seen anything. Yeah. And I was talking to some of my friends about this over the weekend and the question that one of them asked me, which is a very good question was, well, he said, Ben, the cynic in me thinks that this might all just be viral marketing. And no. then, and then I thought, wow, if that is true, the, the Machiavellian brilliance, you know, just the cold calculating nature of that. Um, Zach Baggins. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we have never done anything like that to my knowledge. That's a great idea. Put out a local news story, wait a while, mm-hmm. then buy a house and, and a make series. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll, we will see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it sounds like either way we have to return to several things in upcoming episodes. In the meantime, Matt, what's the best way for people to find us? You can always check us out on Facebook. We are Conspiracy Stuff. On Twitter, we're at Conspiracy Stuff. If you want to find everything that we've ever done, go to StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. You can find our blog, our audio podcast, our videos. Tons of stuff there. You can even see some weird bios of Ben and I in poses. 
it's uh it's, <laughs> it's pretty awesome <laughs> right. but yes um and if you're you know if you're not into any of that stuff you just want to send us an email with any kind of information for us you can always do that we are conspiracy at discovery.com For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.